This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love, grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And buy Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Belated Merry Christmas. Didn't have the show last night for obvious list, uh, obvious list reasons. Not even a word. Thank you. Starting out on a great note already. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on a Wednesday, a hump day, whatever that means. What's hump day mean? Two bits of information in case you want to get in touch with the show tonight. 877-448-0433. You can also email the show, greg at 
thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else can be found about the show on the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Lots to get to here in the open, so let's race right through it. Coming about 13 minutes from now, and for those two segments, segment two, segment three, 2012 Barbecue Year in Review with the likes of Shane Draper, Clint Cantwell, and Chad Ward. Panel discussion over uh, what's good and bad with barbecue this past year. Second hour. Uh, second takes at the top and then uh, taking up two segments. So that would be segment, I don't know, the 14 and the 35 past 10 o'clock. Uh, Gary and Dion Lanton from Holy Smokes Barbecue Team. Uh, they were on Pitmasters this past weekend and won that episode, by the way. So we'll uh, get the whole review from them, all that great stuff. Uh, so there you go. That's what's happening. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. Those are the uh, the two ways to get in touch with the show. All right, it's been uh, a growing in popularity segment. I uh, certainly don't want to disappoint tonight. Was going to do uh, one kind of drink first and then decided to um, pay homage. And I'll get to that here in just a second. So uh, without any further ado, the fastest growing, most popular segment on the Internet radio or any radio for that matter or television. It's uh, cocktail time. All right, so let's uh, make the transition. I will uh, walk over to the. We got to give this the uh, some type of name out here. The uh, the fortress of fortress of uh, the the library of libations. That's what it's called. <laughs> right off the top of my head. All right, tonight uh, we're paying homage. That's homage uh, to one of my uh, favorite liquors. But uh, this drink is called the highball. Now, some know-it-alls sit there and tell you that a highball isn't necessarily how I'm going to make it tonight, but it's just a general term for a liquor and then some type of wash on it. So it could be, uh, tonight we're using uh, uh, bourbon, bullet bourbon. I don't know if everybody can see that. Um, many different variations of bourbon here that uh, I drink in this house. It's one of my favorite liquors of choice. Uh, some would sit there and say that uh, gin and tonic is a highball because you're using liquor, you're using a wash, and you're putting it together. Um, highball for me goes all the way back to my dad's father and my grandfather during this time of the year, the holiday season, and I remember it very well from all the Thanksgivings that we used to host uh, back in the day, uh, that he would take, well, he used to drink whiskey, because uh, my Uncle Tom used to drink Jack Daniels, which is not bourbon, that's whiskey, and uh, would add a little ginger ale to it. So that's, to me, the classic highball. So what do you need for that? Uh, because I like bourbon, uh, we're going to use bourbon. Again, this is bullet bourbon. A uh, bullet, very middle of the road. Uh, great tasting. It's 20 bucks for the fifth. So, again, it goes back to me. If you're using really high-end liquor, you don't want to really, in my opinion, put mixes or washes in it because you're, you, you buy that caliber of liquor to really taste that flavor. You don't want to dilute it or mix it up at any other flavor profiles and really what's in there. So that's why we're using the bullet bourbon, which I uh, highly recommend. And then a Christmas gift. What's with the static? Uh, oh. Here we go. Uh, this is, uh, I think they call it the redneck wine glass. Am I getting that in the shot? Properly, yeah. Um, really like it a lot. So we're going to use this tonight for the drink itself. So let's go ahead on over to the uh, ice bin, if you will, the ice bin. And, uh, you know, we'll, again, fill it relatively uh, full. 
with ice here. And we'll go ahead and uh, I don't really measure this one out, but it, you know we're probably going a quarter of the way, so it's probably three ounces. So let's see where it goes. Oh, smells great already. And then we'll uh, go ahead and grab a can of ginger ale. Uh, I prefer a uh, Seagram's ginger ale. You can use Canadian Club or whatever you like. And then very simple here to uh, finish a drink off. You'll just top with ginger ale. There you go. Just that simple. You get a nice little cascade effect. I'll just go ahead and give it a quick stir. Once, two times, three times. And there you go. It's uh, foaming a little bit, which is fine. It's going to foam because you put a carbonated beverage in it. So let's go ahead and choke it down a little bit. Mmm. That's a classic taste. A classic drink. Your head is cut off. Oh, that's right. I'm going to go uh, back in it. Uh, so this is the classic um, highball, in my opinion. Bourbon whiskey, I like bourbon whiskey, and then ginger ale uh, with ice in the redneck glass. All right, let's uh, return back to the fortress of broadcast excellence, the console of broadcast excellence, I believe. All right, here we go. Where am I? Oh, no, am I not, am I not broadcast? Oh, shit. Damn it. Oh, boy. Got to hit that connect. Gotta hit the connect. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. What are you doing? Where am I? I'm right here. Right? Totally. Yeah, don't worry. Everybody's Everybody can see me now. I was a little anxious and uh, missed that whole six, seven minutes there. That's all right. You don't worry about it. I just made a highball in the, uh, in the redneck wine glass, I believe they call it. Sorry. My bad. I got it all on tape. You, you can you'd be able to get the tape. It'll be no problem. Sorry about that, guys. All right. Uh, welcome in. There's your highball. Uh, lots to get to, which, uh, where am I at? Good. The fundraiser for the, what the, fuck? the Corliss Johnson Memorial uh, Foundation it was the drive for 5000 where I was supposed to you know, dye my hair blonde if we got there, which we didn't. Um, final total, $3,262. <laughs> First and foremost, I want to thank all the folks that stepped up, donated to this great cause. You know, while we ended up well short of the goal that we kind of hoped for, uh, we are sending, and I did last night, uh, more than $3,000 to the Corliss Johnson Memorial Foundation. I know Scotty thanks each and every one of you, uh, as well as myself, thanking all you guys. Uh, the last two weeks really fell off, so I was a little disappointed in that, especially since the payoff was me looking like Guy Fieri, hair, goatee, and so forth. Plus, Stephen DeFranco was going to shave uh, his beard off, which had only been done like once in history. Uh, but all in all, a great run. Happy to have sent the money over to Scotty last night on behalf of all of us. And I'm sure we'll be looking to, to do something with Scotty again here down the road. And hopefully when Steve isn't in the uh, the ramp here to uh, give all of these great uh, ideas like me doing. Uh, Shane, yes, I did use Dollar Shave Club to shave my face. Uh, giveaways tonight. Draper's Barbecue is going to be giving away a huge prize package. Uh, barbecue apron, two bottles of sauce, and two beer cozies or koozies. Uh, Scott uh, 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 Reason Bigler from Sin Bin Barbecue is giving away a five-pack of sauce, 
one of each flavor in his arsenal, bourbon, cranberry, honey mustard, peach, and the original Sin Bin house barbecue sauce. Uh, Meat Rakes is going to be giving some stuff away, and then uh, Holy Smokes Prize Pack, which is really kind of like a butcher barbecue um, huge prize pack. You get the uh, pork and the beef injection, 12-ounce bottle of premium rub, a butcher of barbecues, a sweet barbecue sauce, and then also a bottle of Plowboy's Sweet 180 sauce. That's a $50 value if you need it. So we'll be giving away some of that tonight as well. So we're really locked and loaded all the way through. Uh, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Is it Boxing Day? Happy Boxing Day, everybody. I don't know what that is. That's Canadian. Mm. Really good out of that glass, too, by the way. Uh, everybody uh, missed me making the highball, so uh, sorry for that. Might have to do that again next week, um, as luck would have it. So we'll see how it goes. All right. The uh, barbecue year in review, 2012, coming up next. We just referenced it a second ago, but if you're like me, you're always thinking of ways to step your barbecue and grilling game up a notch, two or three. No better or easier way than by adding a little butcher's barbecue to your arsenal. Now, it's injections, yes. It's sauces, yes. It's rubs, yes. All of these things have hit the mark, not only with me, but with a number of cooks across varying sanctioning bodies across the country. People are using it in their backyards and winning. People are using it on the competition circuit and winning as well. Uh, We all know them for the injections, the pork, the beef. Of course, now that prime injection, which combined all the things loved, that beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy, uh, they have combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. It's available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, maybe you have made that terrible mistake of buying a competitor's rub. You've noticed that either your scores have started falling off or that you're not getting the same accolades that you used to get to or used to get from your friends and family when you're having these barbecue events at your house. And before, you're just like, well, I just wasted X amount of money on so many pounds of crappy injection. Well, not anymore. Dave has found a way to not only make his customers happy, but the competition's customers happy as well. And here's what I mean. You go to ButcherBBQ.com. At the very top right, there's a thing called the Trade-In Program. Okay? And in the Trade-In Program, all you have to do is go there. You print off a shipping label. And you will send whatever's remaining of that commercially made product that you have. Send it off to Dave. He will receive it in the mail. He will weigh it. All weigh-ins are final. And then in return, he'll send you the beef injection or the pork injection or the prime injection. And now you don't have to be jammed up with that remaining poundage of, of crappy injection that only costs you money but cost you a congratulatory high-fives from your friends and family and also potentially walks and cash on the barbecue competition circuit. We don't want that. Uh, this can all be found at ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And don't forget, you don't break the bank on shipping. $55 or less, everything ships at, uh, ships at 7 bucks. $56 and up, ships at $9. It's cheap. Couldn't be anything better. All right. Just want to make sure we're all uh, safe and loaded here. Again, ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Oh, look at this guy. John Dawson enjoying a gin martini. All right, uh, we'll come back with the 2012 year in review with a full panel of who's who. In the meantime, you visit butcherbbq.com, and uh, we'll be coming back straight away with Sin Bin Barbecue Giveaway. 
Stick around. I'll be right back. Again, Sin Bin Barbecue, which can be found at Sin Bin, just like it sounds, S I N B I N B B Q.com. Five bottles of sauce. Uh, where did I put those? You get a bottle of bourbon barbecue sauce, cranberry barbecue sauce, honey mustard barbecue sauce, peach barbecue sauce, and the Sin Bin House barbecue sauce. All five bottles. So thanks to uh, Scott Reisenbigler from Sin Bin Barbecue. Again, that's SinBinBBQ.com. All you have to do to win your five-bottle prize pack is shoot me an email. And then in the subject line, Merry Christmas. Holy shit. Merry Christmas. Holy shit. For your chance to win Sin Bin Barbecue Sauce. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. Yeah! 877-448-0433. Greg at show.com. Those two ways to get in touch. Uh, we're in the last week of 2012, so... Thought it would be fun to have a look back at the year that was in barbecue grilling industry. Here to help me do that, famed blogger of the current editor, grilling.com website, Clint Cantwell, also joining me, host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit, and the pit master of Whiskey Bent Barbecue Competition cooking team, Chad Ward, and helping me round out the panel is the pit master of Draper's Barbecue team and the creator and purveyor of Draper's Barbecue products, Shane Draper. So we go ahead and uh, race over to the hotline and welcome everybody in. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining me. It's actually right now just Chad and Shane. I believe I'm still waiting on uh, Clint to call me because he could not figure out how to actually use Skype for whatever reason. Here we go, and we're going to add this call to conference, and uh, we should be all set. All right, boys, uh, so uh, thanks. for uh, Everybody just sound out really quick. Uh, Chad, you're in? I'm here. Shane, you're in? I'm here. And Clint, you're in? Clint. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, that's not Clint. Uh, okay. Hold on one second here, gents. How do I get... Oh, am I really going to have to do this? All right, guys, hold on one second. Ringing in now. Got to find his number, make sure he's... There. Yeah, that was him. Clint, you're not there? All right, Clint, hang up and... Tr- oh. Okay, let's try. Let's let's add another one into the conference. Add two conference. Uh, Clint, you there? Hey, Clint, I am here, buddy. Hey, all right, there we go. We're all set. 
Uh, gents, before we get into uh, this year in review stuff, let's start by the obvious question. Best Christmas present that you got yesterday? We'll start with Chad Ward. Uh, probably 60-inch TV for the living room, brand new one. Worked out nice. 60 inches. Yes. That's what she said. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, Shane, best Christmas present yesterday. Uh, it, I just want to remind Chad, it's all about the girth. It's all about girth, man. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you don't need to remind Chad about that. That's right. Uh, for me, it was, uh, it was a, a watch and some stuff. We kept it pretty low-key and kept it about the kids this year. All right, uh, kids. And Clint, best Christmas present yesterday. Oh, I got a couple bags of charcoal, which I appreciate very much. Uh, that's about it. No, that's all uh, I got was charcoal. No hickory-fused propane? Uh, we're not allowed to discuss that just yet. Sorry about that. Uh, well, you know, guys, my favorite gift was the fact that we didn't die on December 1st, 21st. No one cared about that? Yeah. Weirdos. All right, let's press in uh, and let's get going with some, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to, like, sketch it a whole outline out to you guys because I still like to maintain some type of uh, off-the-cuff type of, uh, of a deal. But I did want to give you an idea of, of some topics so you would at least lay some groundwork. So if anybody has, like, opening rants or things that just really either pissed you off or hit you the right way during the course of 2012 when it came to barbecue and grilling, uh, let me go to Clint first. Clint, is there anything that you want to kind of rant on tonight before we get started? No, I mean, it's been an amazing year. My house is still a, a mess, having moved down to Memphis this year. But, you know, things have been really cool. Got to hang out with all of my barbecue friends at almost every one of the biggest contests out there this year, and even bigger stuff coming next year. So, Shane. So that's all I got to say, brother Sh- man. Shane, you want to rant on anything tonight? Um, I mean, if I had to pick a rant, maybe it'd be like meat prices. What the hell's going on there? Some days, you know, it's, it's so up and down. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it was it was overall a pretty good year. We had some crazy stuff go on, uh, personal life wise. But uh, other than that, it was I'm, I'm like Clint. It was overall a good year. We released some new products that did great uh, in competition and on the market. So, man, uh, it's one of those that uh, we survived and uh, we ain't complaining. Chad, anything you want to rant or burn on tonight? Actually, can I go positive rant for a second? Yeah, I said, you know, either positive I, or negative. Just let it fly. I, I think it's pretty cool this year how far Operation Barbecue Relief has, has come. Um, and, and that's just kind of, you know, I, I knew a little bit about it, you know, last year towards the middle of the year, end of the year. But what those guys are doing, you know, especially with, you know, Hurricane Sandy just happening and some of those things, I think it's kind of interesting as you as you look at them as an organization, how how cool it is about what they do in those times of crisis, but also – what a good light it sheds on us barbecue community folks. Absolutely. Chad Ward uh, joining us here on the show. Also Shane Draper and Clint Cantwell, respectively, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, either in the pent or the competition team. Shane Draper from Jane Draper's Products and then Clint Cantwell, editor of uh, Grilling.com and also the uh, the blogger of Smoke in the Eye. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and start off vague. We'll work a little bit more specific during uh, the next segment and a half or so, gentlemen. Uh, and we'll start with Shane. Biggest surprise of 2012 for uh, either Shane or just something that you, you know. And again, this could be either you personally or, you know, because you guys I ask you guys here because you obviously follow a lot about barbecue and grilling in general. So it can also be a, a summatory response of the industry itself. The biggest surprise of 2012. 
Um, I mean, this kind of would go along with the opening rant thing. I, I think the meat prices uh, rocked a few people on their hills. It, you know, catering and cooking barbecues made it a little tougher to to cut a little bit of profit. But you know, you do what you can. You uh, you make some changes to how you do things, and you you soldier on. You know, there's no no crying in barbecue. Uh, the I guess you know on the on the same same token, I can't believe the biggest surprise for me is how commercialized barbecue got in for for me personally and just looking around the industry i mean holy cow everybody was talking barbecue everybody was was about it it was all over tv uh everybody who's anybody uh you know all of a sudden had their face on a bottle of sauce and and it just it, i just can't believe how fast the industry just kind of blew open do you think it's in a good way or a bad way or just floodgates are open and we're still ciphering what's good and bad yeah, I think like anything, you know, you're going to have those diehards who are going to say it's bad because it's it's too much of the of the wrong thing. Like, you know, Weber's line of sauces, you know, it, when you got to put stuff on your label like real molasses, well, what the hell else would be in there? You know, <laughs> it's fake molasses, of course. But you know, <laughs> so that that that's the negative side of things. But you get some pretty cool positives. A lot more uh, mom and pop uh, bottlers out there that have have come public and are doing doing things the right way and that's not a bad thing but you know it, with anything this big you're going to have a lot of positive and a lot of negative and you just got to decide what hose you're going to drink from and stick with it clint biggest surprise of 2012 in your eyes oh man that's got to be the fact that you are a gambling machine greg rumpy you damn right i am i can go through 40 bucks in six seconds yeah, that's uh, quite <laughs> impressive to watch. Oh yeah, not in a good way either. And we, no, no, uh, you <laughs> and I had a great time there during the Kingsford Invitational, and I got to introduce you to the world of gambling. Even made a couple of dollars myself, and uh, yeah, I mean that whole contest was a blast, and hopefully we're going to see some more people there next year. Uh, Chad, round out the question here. Biggest surprise of 2012 for you? Uh, to me is, you know, everybody talks about, you know, obviously the economy being down, but I want to say every repeat year contest that I went to had more teams than the year before. So I, I think it leads a little bit to what Shane's saying about kind of more of the commercialization, more of the mainstream of barbecue. But but it shows that, you know, even in tight times, people are willing to part with, 700 to a thousand dollars to go out and cook a contest for a weekend which i think uh you know speaks high of, of what we got going on in the community well i think potentially too there chad uh, let me add on that just for a second you know sure. if you have a downturn in an economy uh, you hear it and i think from a lot of points through news uh through spending habits through the amount of money that was even spent during the holiday season you know, while there seems to be some type of fear in the economy, people are still spending it. Uh, but perhaps because of, of the continued downturn that we're always told that we're in, uh, people were now specifying that $1,000, where maybe they had two or three or 4000 extra dollars before, so they would not only do the contest, uh, they would also go on vacation, and then they would buy another grill or cooker. Uh, but this really decided uh, to them to say, hey, we're going to make that decision, and these expendable dollars that we have, not as great as they were in years past, but we're still going to put them into barbecue instead. Sure. Good point. All right, good point for me. Uh, biggest surprise for me, 2012, uh, was actually being invited to that uh, Kingsford Invitation. I know, very uh, very self-serving. 
Uh, but it was nice to, uh, A, meet everybody that I've really had on the show a number of times uh, and see a lot of these. We'll see eight teams compete that have won eight of the biggest competitions during the course of the year. Um, so for me, that was uh, probably the, the biggest surprise uh, was getting uh, the invite to go down and kind of to take part in that. Uh, next question, biggest disappointment of 2012. Uh, Chad, we'll go with you. Mm-mm. Chatter. All right, I'm back. Uh, probably the nope. biggest disappointment 2012 for us was our competition results. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we, we, we didn't do that well this year. We didn't cook as many contests as we have in the past, and I think that's a, uh, that's a big part of it. But, you know, I would say that's personally my biggest disappointment is we, we've got to do better in 2013. Uh, anything with the industry as a whole that you were disappointed in? Um, not really. I mean, I can't think of anything that that really kind of stuck out to me. Is I mean, no, maybe pink slime, just more of the meat industry than the actual true barbecue. But um, just some of the small negative type things that came out. But I think for the majority, not not a bunch of negatives. I mean, mostly positive. Clint, uh, biggest disappointment of 2012 in the industry of barbecue and grilling for you. Man, I'm going to steal his answer and, and go with contest. I definitely didn't do as many contests as I've been able to in the past. Uh, we did put together an all-star team to go and cook in Vegas, and we're going to be back bigger and stronger next year doing some of my favorite contests, including Memphis and May. So if any of you all make it down my way, check us out. Uh, there'll be more on that later but we're going to have a party and you're all invited love that Uh, shane biggest disappointment 2012 for you um yeah i'd have to echo kind of what these guys are saying we got our our asses handed to us a few times that i didn't think we needed to uh but that's okay that's part of the learning process as you uh you lick those wounds and uh you get better i think a lot of the competition's better uh i think a lot of people have switched to pellet which is kind of interesting but I guess the biggest disappointment is still for me as a as a bottler and a manufacturer is just seeing how many of the big names have just slapped their name on products, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, the, the, that Weber line of sauce is just still hacks me off. There was I was not impressed, and then uh, I've I've got to the point that I've uh, I, I'm boycotting anything with Guy Fieri on it because I'm I'm just sick of seeing them. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I didn't uh, hit that event uh, total for donations. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have decided to cancel on the show. Yeah. Anything that has to do. Uh, for me, biggest disappointment, 2012, and I think we all know where we're going with this. And uh, that would be, of course, <clears throat> getting faced by Johnny Trigg at the Kingsford Invitation. That was, that was heartbreaking. All right. Uh, moving on, next question. Best barbecue or grilling tool that made its way in for 2012. We'll start with Shane on this one. Um, you know, everyone's gonna like. Everyone loves the the uh, thermopins and you know all, uh, the grill grates and everything. But you know what, meat rakes. Uh, you know that was kind of a new product for us this year, and we, we we love those guys. Chris does a great job. They're a great product. They're simple. They work. Uh, and then we made the switch over to pellet. And that was a, a big big deal for us. For 2012, so I got to give uh, GMG and uh, Jason Baker and all those guys a big, a uh, big nod of approval uh, for for us for this year too. Uh, how are you finding the pellet world? Different, but in a good way. Uh, you know, we, we're we're able to concentrate more on the little things, 
but that was part of getting our, our tails handed to us in a few competitions is that I think we, we were overthinking it, uh, being used to how we used to cook. And I think it's more just settling into a little easier rhythm, maybe a little more drinking and, uh, and just worry about the, you know, the stuff when it's time and not overthinking it. But, uh, overall, man, we, we, we love it. It's good stuff. And rounding out this question for the panel uh, is Clint Cantwell from Grilling.com and SmokingToEye.com. Uh, best barbecue or grilling tool that you found for 2012? Jeez, I don't even know where all my tools are. They're in boxes out in the garage. But I did get to try out those meat rakes, courtesy of my good friend Don Geiger. Um, and I thought those were really cool. My last contest up in and the New York area was in Staten Island, and we used them there, so that was good. We're also going to be giving away some of those cool things that you guys saw on grilling.com over the next couple of days, so keep an eye on that. First one's going to be a thermopen package, and uh, more to come. Absolutely. Uh, my winner for best barbecue or grilling tool, and... Well, maybe I didn't word this correctly. It could have been cookers as well, so if, I don't know if that causes anybody to change their mind. Does that cause anybody to change their mind? It may cause me to actually get to answer the question initially. Uh, all right. Well, then why don't you go ahead, smartass? <laughs> no, um, well, it is down the cooker, it is down the cooker uh, vein of it, and it is you know a little bit self-promoting, but obviously, we, you know, like, like Shane had said, the GMGs are great, and we've worked with those guys for years, but... Uh, working with my cousin to kind of develop a line of gravity-fed cookers that still give you that peace of mind of of a pellet-fed. Uh, took us, you know, about a year and a half to work on, but it finally came to market towards the end of the year, Southern Bread Smokers. And uh, to me, I think it's a really cool product, you know, once again, late into the year. And then um, the other thing that's kind of been a big difference for us towards the end of the year has been um, a couple of the new flavors that, that Craig Sherry has. I know his rib candy and his Texas pepper jelly aren't, you know, new earth shattering stuff, but there's a couple of flavors he came out with that, you know, I've talked to probably a dozen teams that are using that have seen remarkable results. And they're, I mean, personally, I really love uh, the Texas pepper jelly line of, of products myself. They're very good. If you've never tried them, uh, well worth trying out at least once in your life. And I think that's kind of like heroin. You try them once. You get over that initial cost of you know the product and then shipping, and then you realize uh, it's worth absolutely every penny. Uh, for me, best barbecue or grilling tool 2012, and I've just recently been able to actually use it, is uh, that pit barrel cooker from uh, from Noah Glanville out there in the Denver, okay. Colorado area. Um, you know, I've never been a huge UDS guy for whatever reason, um, mostly because I figured out, like I was going to have to actually put one together, which immediately disqualified me from actually having one of my own because I'm not very handy. Um, but to have something that ships to your door fully uh, assembled, kind of like that Grilla pellet cooker did. Uh, so all I have to do is unbox it. Uh, it's very easy to use the step-by-step instructions, which are like six or seven, which I can follow because I'm you know as smart as a monkey. Uh, and it's unique in the fact that uh, the majority of the meat is is hanging uh, over live fire. So while there's that element of barbecue and, and live fire, there's also that element of danger where, uh, oh, my God, what if uh, something breaks free of that hook and it falls down into the bottom or whatever? Um, but uh, I, I find that, to, for me, that's really the, the nice uh, barbecue and grilling tool for 2012. And if anybody's going to uh, buy one, don't be an idiot like me. Uh, make sure that you take the uh, pit barrel cooker stand out of the bottom 
of the cooker before you cook in it the first time. Um, not that anybody did that amongst the panel uh, <clears throat> over the weekend. Uh, but the thing there at the bottom holds it up off the ground. Okay. Uh, that was kind of oh, embarrassing. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm looking at it uh, being non-handy, and I said, well, look at that. There's a nice little horseshoe thing in there. It keeps the charcoal basket right in place. And isn't that dandy? And then I got a phone call from the uh, owner of the company when I shot him a, a turkey I was hanging, and he said, uh, you know, the, the pellet or the cooker stand is right there at the bottom where the fire is burning. And I said, well, it's going to have to stay there, boy, because I'm not reaching my hand in there to pull it out right now, but I sure will when I'm done. And then it'll look really nice when I have it up there the way it should be. Oh, well. All right, uh, boys, do this. Uh, Shane, um, are you the one that's heavy breathing? Uh, maybe, because, you know, you're talking and I'm all excited. All right. Hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, you guys relax. Um, fire up your drinks again. I'm going to do a quick read for the Barbecue Guru. We'll come back and we'll finish off the uh, the rest of what was good and bad with uh, Barbecue 2012. Here we go. All right, uh, gang, I've talked to you about them for how long have we been doing the show live now? Like, oh, it's going to be five years, I think. Maybe six years. My math is bad. They are in Warminster, Pennsylvania. They are the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. So, you know, I'm talking about the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. Now, if you're not familiar with how these uh, beauties work, I'm not going to get into all that minutia, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature, and once set, it keeps running right at that set temperature all the way through the cook. It's not too good to be true. It is real-world, real-life technology, and you can get it today. Because maybe, like most of us here on this panel, you're a busy working professional, uh, or you're constantly on the run with kids and doing errands and, quite frankly, just don't have the time to set around and tend pitch temperatures all day. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, and you're just off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains a pit temperature that you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. most popular one right now is that CyberQ Wi-Fi. We all have a lot of this uh, wireless connectivity nowadays, the phones, smartphones, uh, the tablets, the... Um, Netbooks, laptops, if you have an internet connection, Wi-Fi or whatever, you're able to get into your CyberQ Wi-Fi remotely. You can see where the pit temperature is at. You can see where up to three internal meat temperatures are at. You can make your adjustments on the fly and on the go. They also have the DigiQ DX2 and, of course, that PartyQ unit, which is also very popular. It's $130, and it fits most of those bullet-style cookers and kettles and those ceramic-style cookers. It's $10 more for that uh, flange. But this is the easiest point of entry for all the pit temperature control devices. It's a self-contained package, and it runs on AA batteries. So you can actually move it from cooker to cooker to cooker. It's uh, very easy to move around. Uh, so check that out. That's the party queue. And, of course, you're in the market for a cooker. Look no further than the Onyx oven. It's a winning on the competition scene. It's winning in backyards with backyard hacks just like me. It's a fully insulated unit that holds a lot of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service, and, of course, it works seamlessly with any of those Barbecue Guru temperature control devices. So this is what you need to do. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out all the products. And if you have any questions about what to order, you can give them a call directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. That's the Barbecue Guru. A breakthrough in barbecue technology. We'll come back and finish the 
2012 Barbecue Year in Review. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new sound band, suburban respectors. Let's go! I'm an outlaw. All right, we're back, 877 Greg at We're doing the 2012 Year in Review for Barbecue and Grilling, Chad Ward from Whiskey Bed Barbecue, Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue, and Clint Cantwell, Grilling.com, and SmokeInTheEye.com, helping me uh, break down this panel. Gentlemen, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. Uh, we left off with the best barbecue and grilling tool for 2012. What about the most overhyped barbecue and grilling item for 2012? We'll start with Shane Draper on that. Shano. Shane. There you go. I got you back. Yellow. Uh, nah, it dropped out on me. That's right. A most overhyped barbecue and grilling apparatus yeah. or tool or whatever. Most overhyped. I, I, I don't know about that one. I, I've gone back and forth. I'm going to steal uh, one that Chris from Nibble Me This tossed me, which was grilling baskets. And, and after he said it, I thought about it like, you know what? I don't ever use grilling baskets for that very reason. There, there's there's other better ways to do it. Chad Ward, most overhyped barbecue or grilling tool in 2012. I don't know the exact brand, but I wish I remembered it. I bought these flexible skewers. Firewire? That, yes. They sucked. <laughs> <laughs> they were absolutely horrible. And, and, you know, and you see, I mean, you know, you, you see different, like, you know, every time I would click on a web page, there'd be a Firewire ad. And I'm like, well, you know, obviously at some point in time, it kind of took me over and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a set. Man, those things wouldn't hold a thimble full of meat. I mean, as soon as you put any weight on it, whoo, slid right off. I was like, you know what? Done. Bamboo, bamboo skewers with with a little bit of uh, water, and uh, so I would say that that's mine. Hmm. Did, did you were you using it right, Chad? I, I mean, I believe. So. I mean, Greg, there's only so much you can do with a skewer. You put <laughs> meat down on it. And it's, I mean, and I'm not talking about like I was trying to put a Boston butt on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, six shrimp and six scallops because you know me, I don't eat vegetables. That's right. Vegetables beat it. So. Clint Cantwell, most overhyped barbecue and grilling product in 2012. Now, first of all, I want to clarify that I work very hard to make those fire wires out in my backyard. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't, I can't honestly think of anything. I mean, my audience for the website runs the gambit from you guys to the occasional griller. So I do find a use for everything that I see. Um, but I do want to go back to the, the pit barrel thing. Yeah, go ahead. Because I did the same exact thing yesterday. I was cooking a boatload of stuff on it all day. And at the end of the day, I was like, what is this damn thing at the bottom for? And now you've solved that problem for me. 
Uh, also, for <laughs> my personal pet, I've known them for a while, but Pit Maker, that pit that they cook on, the Kingsford one, yeah. is awesome, and I'm trying to, to save a dollar here and there and get one of my own someday. Well, good luck and, on that. Uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't really have a lot. I'm fighting off a cold here. Oh. We had almost uh, a single snowflake here in Memphis, so everyone's freaking out about that. And, you know, I'm just <laughs> happy-go-lucky looking forward to next year. All right, so the my biggest overhyped barbecue or grilling tool this year, and uh, I don't want to pre-qualify this by saying no offense because obviously that means I'm going to offend. Uh, did anybody hear the Fi Air? The what? It's called Phi Air. So basically what it is, it is a battery-powered wind blower for your fires. So once you get your fire kind of up and running a little bit, you would take this, uh, I guess it would be tantamount to a hair dryer, except it's not hot, and it blows air onto the fire to, uh, you know, in essence, stoke the coals, if you will. Uh, and it was billed as a product that is getting your charcoals up to cooking temperature, you know, seismically faster than you would normally, uh, whether it be in a pyramid fashion uh, or through your charcoal chimneys. And, uh, you know, th- that's kind of a – I kept seeing it over and over and over again, and I would watch the same product video thinking this is going to be the time that it wins me over. And I keep thinking if I just had one of those little personal power fans, I could just hold it right over flames and I would – pretty much be uh, getting it the, the, the same type of thing for $6 or whatever it would be. So uh, for me, it was FIRE. Google search it, FIRE, F-I-A-R. Oh, it, or just look at my Twitter because they always, like, try to tag me and everything, <laughs> um, wow. which, is at, which is at Whiskey Mint BBQ. Um, but, no, and, and I, I thought the same thing, Greg. They, they tagged me in a couple of things or asked for my reply, and I'm like, eh. Well, this doesn't look that – I mean, it's not like the loof ladder. The loof ladder, which I won on your show a year ago, beautiful little piece of machinery. But th- this thing's – yeah, it, it's a little suspect. I, I would say you're you're right. Well, so here's the deal because I, I, I got a lot of feedback from people saying, well, what's the difference between that and a loof ladder? And I said, well, you know, the fire just blows wind. Uh, the loof lighter is actually going to ignite a fire initially. Like, that's a fire starter. I mean, granted, you are a little hampered with the fact that if you don't have some type of a generator, you're not near a power outlet, it's not going to work. But it will start a fire. And then, of course, you can draw it back and use it as a fire as well uh, to introduce just more oxygen to the fire to get it off and running. But, you know, to me, there's little to there, – there's no comparison between a loof lighter and uh, and fire so uh, just my two cents all right uh, we move forward to the best barbecue competition for 2012 in your estimation gentlemen uh, you've seen them all happen uh, through various sanctioning bodies and it doesn't have to be one that you competed in or anything like that um, but in your estimation the best barbecue competition for 2012 and we'll start with Shane Draper I've always got to answer Memphis in May that one's just always Got my heart, man. It's it's just a blast. Uh, we we go down and compete with the best. We have a big time. Uh, we hang out with knuckleheads like Clint. So uh, always going to be Memphis in May for me. Clint Cantwell, best barbecue competition for 2012. Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Uh, the one that started my season, Houston Livestock and Rodeo, I've never been to. And 
I was invited by the pit maker guys to come down and that thing, especially their site is a show not to be missed. I mean, it's uh, they put some serious bucks into, to their party space. They also do really well at the contest itself. Got to uh, hang out with the winners, Motley Q crew. Uh, and then I ended it at a first time contest, the Kingsford invitational and, the week before the Vegas contest. So there were a lot of new ones for me personally during the year. And I'm definitely going back cooking in some of them, covering the other ones and hanging out with y'all. Chatters, uh, best barbecue competition for 2012. Well, for us, uh, personally, the first, the best one we had this year and it wasn't because the results was, uh, we went out and cooked in Rhode Island and anytime you can say you cooked in Rhode Island, it's kind of a big deal. So that that was fun, and we met a lot of people and saw some things. I, I think for barbecue as a whole, and, and I'm surprised the other two guys passed on it, was what Sterling Ball did out in California. Uh, you know, Bastard. put up an, an invitation, you know, and it'd be nice to see the invitational criteria come out. But, you know, when you're putting up the money and, and you're doing it, you can invite whoever the hell you want to invite. Um, but But to me, for a guy... When you go back and obviously I wasn't there, I not not from a competition team or anything point of view, but when you go back through and listen to some of the pitmasters that have cooked hundreds and hundreds of contests, talk about this is the best contest I've ever been to, it, it, it speaks volumes of it. Um, so I mean I, I think that would be the the in in our industry the biggest contest that that came out this year. Yeah, I was floating in between uh, the World Food Championships because I thought that really took a, a unique spin on having a barbecue component, uh, but then also adding uh, some other arenas of food and allowing everybody to kind of compete together. And, you know, I understand where Mike McLeod is trying to, to go with that and being all-inclusive instead of just, uh, you know, keeping barbecue segregated off amongst itself. But in the end... And I'm going to be siding with uh, Chad Ward here. Uh, I am not a competitor. I did not go out there. But to hear from the pitmasters that were at King of the Smoker and to hear them rave and applaud and just gush with how well it was from the minute they stepped foot on till the minute they turned tail to head out of there uh, was by far and away the best complimented and uh, from all accounts, run first-time event ever. And I understand it's an invitational, and people are going to feel pissed off that they somehow didn't get invited. But, look, that's the nature of the beast. And who is it uh, to anybody who didn't get invited to be pissed off anyway? Uh, that's why it's an invitational. And if you're putting up the money, like Chad said, and you're finding uh, the, the space and getting all of the business contacts down, uh, if you didn't have anything to do with that, uh, as uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross says, hit the bricks, pal, and beat it. Because you are out. Um, Great, so, Larry Glenn Ross. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. Well done. So <laughs> I think if, uh, uh, to me, that's that's why that one wins uh, hands down this year. And there were a lot of great events, but to hear that much chatter about a one-time event and it just happened to be towards the end of the year was uh, absolutely fabulous. So uh, good job to Sterling Ball and everybody out there at Big Papa Smokers for that King of Smoker contest. All right, guys. Uh, if, you, if you have one second on the World yeah. Food Championship thing, Greg, yep. I, it, it – to me, the you know, I think the concept is awesome. You know, hey, let's take mm -hmm. all these different varieties. But when it came down to, and I believe Dave lost to a barbecue sandwich. 
no, it was a it was a sandwich category. It wasn't a barbecue sandwich. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I thought I, I thought where I had read it was a a pork sandwich or something of that nature, and I and I thought that was kind of I mean how how would that happen? But anyway, sorry. Maybe I spoke out of turn. No, nobody's oh, speaking no. out of turn. Not enough. Not at all. Uh, best barbecue TV show, Clint Cantwell for 2012. Best barbecue TV show. I honestly have not caught a single barbecue show this year with the, the move and getting settled here and everything else. I'll say barbecue pitmasters because those are some good friends and that are on the show and behind the scenes of the show. So I'll stick with that one. Isn't that kind of bullshit on your part, Clint? Yeah, it really is, and thanks for calling that out right. as my children listen upstairs, and now they're crying, Greg. <laughs> That's really nice. Real nice. Sorry about that. And uh, now they're not going to be out there keeping my fire going all night, and I'm going to have to stay up. Clint, kids, I apologize, but um, there's some All other right. talks we need to have down the line about how he's not your original father either. Nevertheless. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why you and I are in therapy right now, and <laughs> we're going right. to get it resolved. Nevertheless, uh, Shane Draper, best barbecue TV show for 2012. Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, Pitmaster 3, or the new season, I guess, by default. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, man, I, you and I kind of talked about it a little bit. I, I'm kind of sick of this format. I didn't really care for it when it came out last season and i just think they they there's so much scripted like trash talk i'm just I, i'm kind of over it so i'm going to actually you know do do what clint uh, clint did and sell out i mean we we filmed an episode with uh diva q of uh, barbecue crawl in 2012 that's coming out in march so I, i'm defaulting to that man uh chatter's best barbecue <laughs> tv show 2012 well i mean you know what i'm gonna pick i mean Chopped grill, grill masters. I mean, maybe it wasn't barbecue, but there was enough barbecue folks in there. Yes, I realize I went out early, but the production that those guys put on, Barbecue Pitmasters has six guys. It's a TV shoot. When you when you go do something with the Food Network, they have 150. So the fact that the Food Network realized barbecue competitions – you know, regardless of how they're staged, you know, have some type of relevance is a nice thing. So I think anytime you can put our, our passion or hobby on the Food Network, it's not a bad thing at all. So, All right. Uh, and my pick uh, probably uh, surprises no one. Uh, it is as well as Chad's. It's the uh, Chopped uh, Grilled uh, grilled Chop Masters, whatever the hell they call it. Um, and... It's because, mostly because of what Shane said about uh, Pitmasters. Uh, there's something that is uh, not resonating. Nothing. The format has never resonated with me, that being chopped, so it's odd that I would pick uh, Chad's version of the show. Uh, but to me, that one just played a little bit better, ultimately, because I think there is a uh, an overall winner. One of the things that is lacking to me in this season of Pitmasters is the fact that they're going to go to Kentucky, and they, uh, they've been in Texas, and uh, they were just in Georgia this past weekend. You get a winner there, but they're done. Uh, they're not moving on to hey, hey. an ultimate round where a, a, a summarial champion is crowned, and I think that is missing a big part. Well, Greg, can I ask you a quick question, yeah. if you don't mind? I know you're up, at, you're up against time, but let, let's look at the, the two episodes we've seen this far this you know of, of this Pitmasters. Yeah. Would you have served Bill Rempe either one of those Lockhart or Buzzy briskets? 
Look, would you have put that on Bill Ramsey's plate? Your father. Here's. Would you have put that on his plate? Here's the thing that you have to remember. This is not competition barbecue on television. This is a barbecue competition on television. So when you're turning in your meats to the judges and stuff, you know, you have to make it look sexy and it has to hit and it has to glisten and shine and taste right and all that stuff. Uh, that is not the case for the show. And I think that is an important delineator that people that are within the niche need to remember. However, that doesn't do it for me. Um, there's other things aside from, you know, how a turn in box looks like, you know, me, Chad, I don't compete. I don't give a fuck. care how but, but, bad or but, good it looks. But you would not have put either one of those slices on Bill's plate, would you? Oh, I, I can guarantee they were better brisket than I can cook, Chad. You you know damn well. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, just, I'm not even talking about how it was <laughs> cooked, but just with a damn. I mean, who wants two inches of fat running between the middle of the meat of their brisket? Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, I would have. I would have cleaned up the slices. I would have cleaned up the slices a little bit better than that if I'm serving it to my, to moms and pops. No doubt about it. Uh, so uh, that's my take on the uh, best show. Uh, again, we were talking with uh, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue, and Clint Cantwell, Grilling.com, and Smoking to Eye. Uh, gentlemen, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for helping me break down 2012 barbecue year in review. Continued success. We'll talk to you all again soon. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, buddy. There they are. My gents helping me break it down. Man, am I going to be able to hit this? We'll see. Time will tell. All right, folks, uh, let me talk to you quickly about Fred Bonato over at Tasty Licks Barbecue. Fred has everything in stock. He's a trusted online retailer. It's you, Look, if you're buying stuff online, you got to trust the place that you're doing business with. I've done all the guesswork for you. I'm not going to have somebody sponsor the show that is unsavory, that isn't trustworthy, anything like that. You don't want to really have that internet grip set in and you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do now and is stuff really going to get to me? Look, all great questions. Nobody can answer with 100% surety except when you go to Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, Fred has everything in stock. It is ready to ship to you directly. And again, are there other places you can buy your stuff at a cheaper price? Perhaps, but nobody knows how long it's going to take to get to you or if you're ever going to get it. And this stuff ships to you promptly, priced fairly. Call Fred, work out a special deal if you want. They carry grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If you don't have it, they don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many other show sponsors in the store as well. So you're doing this two for one, shopping at a sponsor, buying sponsors' products. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. And let that confidence exude from you as you make your purchases online. And then enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget, Fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well. TastyLicksBBQ.com. Your chance to win a Draper's prize pack coming straight away. Stick around. We'll be right back. Now the time on the show when we get stuff away. All right, as promised, Draper's Barbecue is giving away a huge prize pack up for your chance to win an apron, barbecue apron, two bottles of Shane Draper's sauce, and two beer koozies, all from Shane Draper. It's like $758,000 value, I believe, at last check. 
Again, an apron, two bottles of sauce, two beer koozies. Apron is going to look great on you when you get sauce on the apron and not on your shirt or beer koozie. If you want to win this prize pack, send me an email in the subject line. And it's got to be spelled right. My daughter's name, oldest daughter, Bobby Rempe. Spell it right or you don't win. First one in. It's the Draper's Barbecue. Apron, two bottles of sauce, two beer koozies from Draper's Barbecue Products. Good luck. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Going back to the Sinbin Barbecue. Uh, Patrick Paquette won that one. And it looks like uh, Becky Rempe won the uh, Shane Draper's prize pack. Alan Frankel did not spell Bobby right. It's my daughter, Bobby. Don G did not spell Bobby right either. Come on, guys. We'll only put it down once or twice. Look hard. Look often. So uh, congratulations to Patrick, basic Patrick, for the Sinbin Barbecue win. We'll be getting five bottles. And then we have the uh, Draper's Barbecue giveaway, an apron, two bottles of sauce, and two beer koozies. All right, uh, thanks to Clint Cantwell, Shane Draper, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bend Barbecue, Draper's Barbecue, and Smokin' to Eye, also Grilling.com, their websites respectively. We broke down the 2012 year in review. Hit a lot of important topics, gave a lot of personal opinions. Personal opinion, always up for debate, and that's why I had that particular panel coming on. Uh, we're going to be rolling into the second hour here. Got some... Uh, se- John Dawson, it's uh, Bobby, not Bonnie. <laughs> We're still looking for a winner. Bobby Rempe. Barbecue apron, two bottles of sauce, and two beer koozies. Come on, first one in. Bobby Rempe. How many times? How many different ways could it be spelled? Use your imagination, folks. You can win. It's a huge prize pack. I will point to the second hour, second takes, and then holy smokes for the rest of the hour after that. Gary and Dion Lanton. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Stick around. I'll be right back. from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? He ate fifty-four wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. 
All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. And we do have a winner. Don Hopkins wins. Don Hopkins wins. B-O-B-B-I. B-O-B-B-I. Don Hopkins wins. Good for you, Don. A lot of B-O-B-B-I-E's. John Dawson spelled B-O-N-N-I-E. No. None of that. None of that. Don Hopkins is in. B-O-B-B-I. Very good. All right. Uh, Thanks again to Shane Draper, Chad Ward, and Clint Cantwell for joining me this past segment, uh, or two segments, breaking down the 2012 Year in Review, the Barbecue Year in Review. Don't forget, coming up in about 13 minutes from now, Gary and Dion Lanton will be uh, joining me to break down their time on Barbecue Pitmasters, which took place, well, it took place probably a long time ago, but their episode just showed up this past weekend. Let me ask you guys here in the chat room, also feel free to email in if you want to. The best, and I asked the panel this first question uh, at the beginning of last hour, uh, what was the best Christmas gift you got this year? What was the best doesn't have to be barbecue or grilling related. Best gift, let me know. Uh, for me, uh, I mean, I got the, um, the the personal wireless in here, so I like I can actually walk around the house and I can hear everything that's happening. And I do have the uh, the lapel microphone. But the thing that I probably am going to get the most use out of is those uh, redneck wine glasses that I got. Those things are absolutely fabulous. Go to my Facebook page; you can see me post on it. If you didn't get to uh, see it. Those things are great. Uh, on the show next week, Rod Gray from Peladine V kicking off the New Year in style. Be sure to tune in for that. Also, first timer to the show. I don't want to say locked in, but pretty kind of locked in. Uh, Dave Anderson, famous Dave, will also be in. So we'll be uh, kicking off that New Year in style. All right. Now, maybe you didn't see it on my Facebook page. Maybe you're not a social media maven, but geez, oh, Pete. You know, I had the goatee that I was growing in case I had to dye it blonde for the uh, Cancer Sucks Chicago, you know, hair and goatee type thing. But that didn't happen, so then I was shaved down. And uh, if you haven't been on my Facebook page, let me go ahead and show you this one. This is a Rempy with a stash. You might want to avert your eyes. Look at this guy. Holy moly. Yes. Oh, so sexy. You know, I look at it, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, often I have told people, under no uncertain terms, that, you know, unless you, that is that is not a stick-on, by the way. That is absolutely 100% real. Real. I've often told people, and this just legitimizes my claim to the fact that you cannot meet somebody for the first time, uh, and if they don't have a mustache, and then they grow one after the fact, this is what you have. You, you, you know me. You see me. Can you if Now, look, if this was the first way you ever saw me, you would have no point of reference to go off of. But when you put a mustache on that face, holy Christ, does that look bad? Wow. Part of me wants to go, it's a me, a Mario. And the other part wants to me go, uh, that's a very nice. 
Eu, eu não, I, I'm a journalist. Whatever. It's a bad mustache, folks. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it was so bad uh, that, A, my wife could not uh, say anything. The hands were over the mouth. And my middle daughter threatened to cut her own head off so she wouldn't have to look at it anymore. So, stash stayed on for about, you know, six, seven seconds. Has anybody ever seen this picture? Look at this. Soak it in and read it. Enjoy celery. Enjoy celery. Who doesn't enjoy some celery every now and again? I didn't know that the nickname for celery was nature's toothbrush for your colon. So that's weird, right? Nature's toothbrush for your colon. And then when you see the actual magazine cover, you have a guy bent over with his butt in an x-ray machine, and somehow he has cupped his butt open, and you have celery sticking a toothbrush up this guy's butt. <laughs> what the hell is going on over here? It's, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Enjoy celery, nature's toothbrush for your colon. And I'm telling you, the visual folks, if you are only an audio listener, it's worth going to like uh, an hour and six minutes in, an hour and seven minutes in, and seeing a piece of celery, stalk of celery, jamming a toothbrush up some other guy's uh, hoo-ha. That's weird. That's weird. All right now, I'm going to show you this video. Please uh, relax. Um, you know uh, I have Sam the Cooking Guy on from time to time. You're right. I do Google celery porn. It's, it's very hot in this house. Um, I have Sam the Cooking Guy on every once in a while, and he had uh, an odd event happen. And I'm doing this more for safety. Look, gang, you know, we are all around sharp knives. And no matter how gently, especially if the knife is sharp, you can always cut your fingers very easily, very quickly, and it can get into a dangerous situation. Uh, Sam did have the wherewithal to take a little video of his cut, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, share this video with you right now. Look at this. I don't know if you can see oh, how deep that cut is. Oh, oh, my Lord. Come on, man. Come no, on. Look at it. Wash it off. Wash it off. And I tell you, it stings like Watch shit. Watch this. And now, Holy here we go. There you go. Oh, 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 oh my Lord. You are being so Hello. Oh, my Lord. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Holy moly. So uh, I believe he had to actually go. Um, he had done that uh, previous to his, to a live show, like minutes before, and then he went to the hospital after the fact and had to get like stitches in his hand. So remember, folks, when you're dealing with sharp knives, you know they cut stuff, a lot of stuff, real deeply sometimes. So you know, just a word to the wise. Um. Let me leave you with this tidbit of information before we get to uh, Gary and Dion Lanton of Holy Smokes Barbecue Team. Uh, propane tank refills. I keep two propane tanks at my house at all times. And I used to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get my, you know, quick in, quick out, uh, just grab one that's already filled and bang, you're off and running. Right? Of course. Remember, that is a first-class ripoff, folks. Please, for all that is good and holy, find some place that actually has one of those huge-ass propane tanks that are sitting out like at a Sun Party rental or a Praxair or someplace that actually refills them. doesn't have the pre-filled from the Blue Rhino or all those uh, rip-off places. 
but somewhere that will actually hook it up to a huge tank and spit propane back into it. They will actually refill it to 20 pounds. Remember, you have a 20-pound propane tank. When you take it to a blue rhino, they're only giving you 15 pounds of propane back. It's like the world's biggest ripoff. Uh, they will actually give you, when you go to these refill stations, 20 pounds. And you will notice that for a few bucks more, how much longer you'll be able to get a cook with a 20-pound can of propane versus getting ripped off at 15 pounds. How many of you even knew that? Does anybody remember the fact that Derek Richards was on here like two or three years ago saying that uh, secretly Blue Rhino was going through and taking all those 20-pound cans and just refilling them to 15 pounds? Take it to somewhere that refills it. U-Haul does it as well, I think. Take the time and the effort and get five more pounds. Some of you probably have four or five propane tanks sitting at home. Get them all filled at the full 20 pounds, and you will see. You'll be able to probably triple your cooking time. Probably not triple. But Blue Rhino is only giving you 15 pounds. You're not getting the full 20 pounds, and that's what it's all about. QPR, what do we talk about on the show? QPR. Quality, price, ratio. And if you have a 20-pound can of propane and you want to get it refilled, you don't want it refilled with 15 pounds. You want it refilled with 20 pounds. Take it somewhere that's going to get 20 pounds of refill. You're going to have to find one of those places that got those huge-ass white propane tanks sitting outside of the street waiting for you to cook it. 25% more cooking time. Thank you. Don G, uh, Math Genius, producer of the show. Don G. That's my tip for the day. That's my New Year's resolution to tell everybody to quit messing around with that Blue Rhino bullcrap. Come on. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. All right, uh, folks, did you take advantage of Stephen DeFranco, the show sponsor who gave uh, Doug Kasson, pitmaster of Smokers Purgatory, who donated $1,000 to the Drive for $5,000 event to Cancer Suck Chicago? A $1,000 Accutron watch. I saw the watch that Doug picked out. Holy moly. That thing was awesome. Look, we got a new year coming. Maybe you didn't hit the mark yesterday for Christmas presents. You need to get out of that doghouse. Look, do yourself a favor. Call Stephen DeFranco. Stephen DeFranco Jewelers ASAFP. And get back in the house. And then get back in the house. If you know what I'm saying. Right? Look at his website, Stephen DeFranco, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, StephenDeFranco.com. Uh, you can look at watches, jewelry, rings, diamond stud earrings. You name it, he's got it. Even kind of like weird eclectic stuff like wooden bowls that are uh, kind of artisanal. You ask Steve what he's got, call him, 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. And you can let him know. You're a barbecue brother. You hear him sponsor the show. That you hear me talk about him all the time. Uh, I bought Mrs. Reppy a pair of diamond studs this year. Yeah, and the price is phenomenal. Look, you're going to get the barbecue brother or barbecue sister hookup. What does that mean? You don't pay retail. You pay way less than retail. That's why I continue to do business with Steve because he's hooking me up. But you're dealing with the owner of the company. When you ask for Steve, you're not getting some hack at the counter or anything like that. You're getting the real guy that owns the company. This isn't a chain store or anything like that. He owns it. He is a wealth of knowledge. And he's you know he's a business guy. So he wants to earn your business with trust and quality products. And that's why I endorse him here on this show and allow him to sponsor on this show as well because you know I don't sponsor anybody I don't do business with or that I haven't vetted thoroughly. 
So be confident when you're buying. You know, look, you talk about jewelry, you can get into the thousands of dollars, obviously. So you want to feel confident that somebody you're giving your money to is going to treat you right, and he's going to do it. 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve, and he will give you that hookup from there. We're coming back with Gary and Dion Lanton. Holy smokes. Holy smokes! Stick around. We'll be right back. Another item to give away tonight. You heard him talk about on the Barbecue Year in Review as best product of 2012. Ladies and gentlemen, your opportunity to win meat rakes. Get your emails fired up. And in the subject line, meat rakes, rake butts. Meat rakes, rake butts. Got to be spelled properly. Meat rakes, rake butts for your chance to win a pair of meat rakes. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Meat rake, rake butts for your chance to win a pair of meat rakes. How about that? All right, uh, my first guest in the second hour tonight appeared on the most recent episode of Barbecue Pitmasters. They make up the Holy Smokes barbecue team. We'll be talking about the show and some of the other barbecue and grilling items. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. And welcome in first-timers to the show, Gary and Dion Lanton. Guys, how are you tonight? How you doing, Greg? We're doing great. I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you guys taking time out tonight. You can't see me, right? No. Okay, that's what? That's uh, very good for you. you know, <laughs> no reason to see me. Uh, but we got you uh, up on my end, so that's very good. Uh, so first of all, okay. uh, you know, appreciate you guys taking time out. And, and let's uh, kind of address this thing right off the bat. Is, is there a pit master on this team in a singular sense, or is this like a co-pit master type deal? Dion and I have our, uh, you know, the things that we do, you know, our own categories like would be I mainly do big meats, you know, we're tasting cooking. She handles the and stuff, you know. So we just kinda we both have things that we do on each party. We share it. All right, so what we can call it like a co pit master type deal. Sure, yeah. All right, uh, so Dan, let's start with you. Uh, is barbecuing something that you have always been around, like up and stuff, and it was just kind of natural to get in this competition thing, or not necessarily? No, actually not at all. Um, I grew up with a bunch of Italians. We cook in the kitchen, and I didn't even feel like cooking in the kitchen. Um, I didn't really like barbecuing that much until we actually saw the show and season one. And from there, we started really cooking. He's always enjoyed cooking. Since he was a kid, but I kind of just caught onto the hype with him and going to competitions and winning. All right, so 
is barbecue something that's always kind of been around for you? The family did that, and it's just kind of something you've built on, or uh, did you get into that something a little bit later in life? Well, I, I mainly started cooking was because I hated eating McDonald's. My mom <laughs> liked, liked to order Happy Meal for dinner, and so, so as a teenager, I learned. So I think I uh, started to do something a little bit different, and you know, so I always cooked a little bit, and and you know, and it's just natural progression, I guess. You know, just my Grandpa cooked my uncle and he used to barbecue when I was a kid, so it was just a natural interest with in there. Uh, hey, uh, do you guys have a like a land home landline by chance still? We've tried to get it connected and it's not working. You mean the landline, the uh, video? Uh, I'm just having a. Are you guys on like a Wi-Fi connection right now? I'm, we, I've got the Ethernet cable plugged in. I'm trying to figure oh, out how to take Wi-Fi and go straight to Ethernet. I'm just getting a little bit of a of a sound drop. So, I mean, we can transfer to telephones if you want. I can give you guys a, a number to call in, and uh, we can do it that way. Or, you know, I, I don't want anybody to miss a word of the succulents that we're talking. All right. Well, do you want to do that? Sir? Go ahead and get the number, and you call in, and I'll try to work on this in the meantime. How about that? And you can talk with them. Let me, uh, let me just go ahead and do you have a, something you can write down? Yeah. Uh, the number is 216. Two two zero zero nine six six. Okay. And then uh, if Gary wants to call in, I'll just add him to the conversation as well. So I'm going to hang up on you, and you're calling in, right? Yep. All right. Hang with me. That's what happens, you know. Have those uh, the, the Wi-Fi. That's why I continually say I don't want to go somewhere. Look at me, though. I did. I did. I, I was ready for that just in case. There they are. All right. So there's. One. Is this uh, yeah. Dion or Gary? Dion. All right. Then we'll wait for uh, Gary to call in here. Should Gary's here. calling in. All right. We'll uh, just add him here to the group. In anticipation of this, I did uh, go ahead and download a Google image of you guys together, just in case. <laughs> so everybody can still <laughs> oh, see so you. I know which one. Yeah, so everybody, you know, now we, now we know who Gary and uh, who Dion is here uh, while we're watching. All right, uh, Gary, you're with us now? Yep, that's me. All right, so um, let's uh, kind of roll back to your question. Is barbecue something you kind of grew up around and, and just kind of naturally got into the competition side of things as well? Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, my, uh, growing up, my, my uncle, we used to go to barbecues there as a kid, you know, so I remember him, you know, doing hogs and ground, you know, and so it was kind of one of those things that, that once we figured out, you know, hey, there's a way to go and compete, you know, and I'm middle-aged, and I can't run fast, and in doing this, I can go and compete against other people, you know, doing stuff. Did you say you're, you say you're middle-aged? <laughs> About there, anyway, yeah. <laughs> What's middle-aged yeah. to you, exactly? Ah, uh, well, it, who knows, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all in the eye of the beholder and the state of mind, that's right. All right. Um, yeah, <laughs> look, Gary, some guys like to get out on the weekend, you know, kind of get away from everything, decompress. You know, it's a little different for you guys. Uh, you get out for the weekend, you're with Dion, uh, Dion's with Gary, and, and you're there on the way there, during the cook, on the way back. Does it ever get a little chippy with you guys, uh, or is this just really fun for the two of you guys? Dion, do you want to Yeah. On the way oh, to competitions, you- we're great. We're excited. Um, during the competitions... We tend to not really get along really well. Um, I, I, he says I'm kind of bossy. I don't try to be bossy, but 
we um we it's like going through a divorce at the, by you know through the whole thing. By the end, we're happy again, and everybody's happy and we're good. But during competitions, yeah, we, we don't get along at all. And with the three kids usually in the camper with us, it can get pretty stressful. Uh, Gary, same uh, same opinion on your end. It gets a little uh, gets a little chippy during the competition. Uh, well, you know, she gets chippy, but I, I've learned, you know, and, and, and being married going on nine years now that I can kind of tune out some of that stuff. And, you know, I can, I can let her just kind of feed on herself. So I'm going to do what, wow. what I do what I do and let her do what she does. Hey, uh, Gary, uh, things that I found out, uh, this little piece of advice, and it rhymes, so I know you won't forget it. Happy wife, happy life. Boom. Indeed. There you go. Uh, all right, I'd so, rather be happy than right any day of the week. Absolutely. So. Uh, all right, so let's address the show from this past weekend. And, you know, last week I actually talked with Ernest Cervantes, and he mentioned that when he was called for the show initially and it was pitched to him, that there was like zero prize money in it. Was that the same deal for you guys when you got that call initially? Was there no prize money available? Right. Yes. Yeah. When we originally got the call, it was they they had said that there was no money up that it was kind of a, a bragging rights thing so so we were okay with it it didn't matter it, it, really it didn't matter it really i really honestly did not i mean at first we were like oh that kind of stinks <laughs> but just for the experience of it and getting the chance to do it i mean it was fun and i mean money at the end would have been great but it didn't matter it really didn't Gary, were you a little disappointed you know, that there the was... Part of it, well, the, the thing about it for us, it was kind of like a dream come true. You know, we, we started competing, you know, uh, doing competitive barbecue because we saw this television show. And for us to to get a call from them and audition and try out and then actually be on there, you know, it was kind of a, you know, just one of those, those things that was kind of like a dream come true, you know, not necessarily with, with that, but, you know, who would have thought that, you know, three years ago, these guys we were watching on TV were competing against them, and in a lot of cases, beating them in time. So, you know, it was it's pretty cool. You know, Gary, and I think D- we got to enjoy it more because it wasn't for a lot of money. I think it'd been way more stressful. We would have fought a lot more, but I, it was more enjoyable that we didn't have to, you know, worry about whether we got to win or lose in that aspect. So, at what point did they tell you that Jack's Old South had kicked in, you know, at least a, a minuscule two grand to, to kind of give you that money grab as well? When we, right got there, there. when we were, yeah, when we got there and then they were doing the, you know, going over the do's and don'ts and uh, and all that good stuff, then they told us there, so. Was that a, a nice little addition then? What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we were, <laughs> we were you know, happy, of course, yeah. All Who right, wants th- to turn down 2K? Yeah, exactly. Gary and Dion Lanton joining us here on the show, uh, Pitmasters of Holy Smokes Barbecue Team, and we're talking about uh, their episode that of Barbecue Pitmasters there just this past weekend. Uh, we'll get into the cook here in just a second, but you know, just in an overall sense, um, you know, what did you think of the show this time around, and how did you guys like taking part in it? Uh, we'll get Dion's thoughts first. Say that again. I have a very bad connection. Your here. thoughts first. So, what was your experience? Yeah, like just in an overall sense, like what did you think of being on the show, and how did it go for you? Um, it was different than I expected. In what um, in what regard? It, it was hard. It was it was. I don't know. I just like when you see it on TV, you expect to go out there, and you know this. You know, you just put your stuff together, and it. You know, their cameras are just there, and that is it. But there's so much stuff that you have to um, 
answer to them and, and, you know, like, well, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Well, why are you doing this? And there's so much, so much questions continuously. And, you know, it's on show for, you know, it's on TV for an hour, but, you know, we record for two days straight. And I mean, it was very tiring. I, I mean, I, at one point I was like, wow, I don't know if I'd want to do this again. <laughs> uh, Gary, but, of course, I say that at almost every competition, too. <laughs> and by the end of it, I'm happy again. Gary, your thoughts about, you know, in an overall sense, what you thought about the show and taking part in it? I thought that the, um, they were very well put together. You know, the, uh, the the producers and everything, it was really neat. And like Dion said, it was a lot different than, than what I thought it would be. But, you know, it, it was still, um, you know, just a very, um, you know, uh, just a regular uh, cook for us, you know, really. You know, I, I thought that there would be a lot of stuff that, you know, they were like, well, we want you to do this and we want you to go and act up with this guy and do this. But it wasn't that, you know, the only thing that they were big on is if something happened, you know, they wanted to make sure that they got it or, you know, I mean, anytime we were going to open the pit, they wanted to, you know, to take a picture and, and things like that. So, you know, it was just it was a, an all around good experience for us. All right. Maybe you guys will, will both have different definitions here. So uh, we'll start with Dan first. Um what is traditional Georgia barbecue? I mean, the idea of the show this season is to kind of go around to different regions. Uh, there was Texas last week, and then, of course, this past weekend was Georgia. What's traditional Georgia barbecue to you, Dion? Well, this is how, whenever they asked us to go on the show, I'll start from here, they um, made it clear that we were cooking traditional-style barbecue. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. We'll just cook barbecue like we normally do. And then I started thinking, I was like, you know, the competitions that we go to, that probably really isn't traditional style because it's, you know, it's not just in Georgia where we compete and we cook the same kind of thing. So, you know, I did a little research, looked around to figure out what, what you know, Georgia's definition, the United States definition of Georgia barbecue. And it is basically slight vinegar, a little bit of kick and not really as much sweet. So, you know, when we packed for it, we you know, we had no clue what we were going to cook. We just grabbed sweet sauces, vinegar sauces, you know, we covered every aspect. We make sure we had heat though and vinegar. And I mean, obviously did well. Obviously. Uh, Gary, do you have like a, if somebody comes down and says, Hey, you guys live in Georgia, what's traditional Georgia barbecue? Uh, do you have uh, like a definition to, to give them? Well, I, you know, traditional Georgia barbecue, if you, if you're going to just stop uh, at a barbecue joint off the side of the interstate, what you're normally going to get is like a, a, a tomato vinegar type sauce. You know, if, when you, if you, if you're going to a restaurant, so that's the type that, you know, when you think about it, but you know, the way what we cooked on the show was completely different than what, you know, our traditional competition type cooking and, you know, home type cooking was, so, you know, but you know, the, the one thing that, that really caught Dion and I is they kept emphasizing authentic Georgia-style barbecue, and that's kind of what made us decide to go look and find out, you know, okay, there's got to be something to that if they keep, you know, just, you know, beating that horse right there. So we kind of just strategized based on that. Gary and Dion Lanton joining me here on the show. Uh, so you were given pork picnic and country ribs. Uh, Dion, let me ask you this. Is the country rib something that you guys cook, you know, fairly often just around the house or whatever? Or was that a little bit of a curveball when you opened up the cooler and found that? Um, honestly, I have no clue. I had no clue what they were, I had <laughs> to say. Um, obviously, it's a popular thing in here in Georgia. I've never heard of it. So, I mean, they didn't show it on the show, but whenever they asked me, you know, what it was, 
I didn't know. I'm like, what the hell is it? I mean, I had no clue. But luckily, they didn't share that part. <laughs> Gary, did you did you knew what did, did you knew did you know what it was when you took it out? Did you know those were country style ribs? Well, I didn't. I know what they they call them country style ribs, but for what I know, country style ribs to be that's not what they were. But you know, country style ribs usually are, are like a Boston butt slice. Correct. And so you know that's that's kind of what I was you know thinking that that what they meant, but. Mainly, whenever you know, Deanna and I first saw the piece of meat. Once we opened the package, I looked at. It, I'm like, "Listen, dear, or you know, this is the short end of the baby back ribs, and then you know, there's a whole bunch of loin meat on here, and that's what kind of where she came up with the idea of these, you know, kind of deconstructing it and cooking the loin to one temperature, and then cooking baby back ribs too. So, you know, that kind of played into what we were doing. So the other meat that was in there, and I just referenced it a second ago, was that pork picnic. And I know there's a good amount of folks who know the Boston butt, per se, but the picnic might not be as familiar to them. Uh, Gary, can you tell us a little bit about it and you know how do you feel it differs when it comes to how you want to cook that? And then, of course, any type of flavor profile differences there might be between a picnic and a butt. Well, you know, when we, when we first you know, saw that it was a picnic, of course, you know, I, I was going with a regular, you know, butt flavor po- profile. You know, my, my pork injection, you know, regular Boston butt injection is what we used when we did it. But, you know, the one thing with the pork picnic, you know, I, I, I've cooked two pork picnics in my entire life, or, you know, we have, and that was the two that we cooked on that show. You know, but there, there's not quite as much fat in that meat. So whenever, you know, it, it breaks down, it, it's not as... You know, it, it just doesn't have the same consistency or the same feel as what the Boston butt does. So with us, it was a little difficult for us to, um, you know, to find our way around the, you know, the, the picnic itself to, to build that box. So, you know, we, we, we know went through and... Sorry, we didn't know the parts. What we basically did was, you know, he just kind of dug through it like we would a Boston butt, just kind of, you know, just went through it in pieces that looked good. He would hand it to me. I would take a piece off and I would check the tenderness. There's not a piece I ever put in the box that I don't check the tenderness of first. And so we kind of, we didn't really know what we were putting in the box. We just kind of went with the same kind of profile. We would do like a Boston butt and tested each piece because we knew really nothing about it. I've been told, and I've never actually done a picnic myself, but I've been told that, you know, flavor difference-wise, if you just have a an unsauced or an unseasoned piece of, of butt and then an unsauced, unseasoned piece of picnic, the picnic tends to be a little bit more hammy in taste. Did you guys find that to be the case at all? Well, as you, I, I, I never ate a piece of it, but you could tell by the, the consistency of what they are cut with his slice that it definitely had that that ham-type uh you know, muscle to it. You know, it was definitely at least the piece that he turned in that he sliced so big that he put in there was just a huge, you know, ham type piece, which, you know, he made a critical mistake when he put that joker in there. But, you know, it was definitely different than a Boston butt. So the cook seems to be going along pretty well for you guys. And then you go to the cooker to wrap that picnic and pretty much disaster almost hits. Uh, the pan uh. folds <laughs> The pan folds on Gary. Uh, if you could, Gary, kind of bring me back uh, to that point and some of those things that are going through your mind as you see that pan fold and, you know, it's probably like an oh shit moment right there, no? Yeah, you know, like I said, with, with the way that it was with, with filming, you know, if we wouldn't have been on the television show, it would have never happened, you know. Basically what happened was, you know, we were getting ready to pull it out and throw it in onto the Green Mountain Grill, you know, just because we were dragging a little bit. And so I told the cameraman, hey, we're about to grab this out. You want to come get your shot? 
And so we pulled out to do it. And that, you know, the the pan folded down on itself. And, you know, what you couldn't see is I actually, you know, did a, a kick save with my leg and, and caught the meat, you know, the side of the pan. And I got au jus all over my leg and I burned <laughs> the top of my foot up. I mean, it was just one of those, you know, if you say hockey, it was a kick save and a butte. You know, we, we just happened <laughs> to save that. And, and it was just kind of like, oh, man, I lost an hour. Once, you know, once we lost all that hot liquid that was in there, you know, we had to add more and then get that to temp and then start cooking again. So we were really in the bind when that happened. So, Dion, you're helping Gary kind of take off that foil, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, from the show. So as you see that pan start to fold in and he's going down after it, what do you think? I was thinking, oh, shit. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was over. I thought, you know, it was going to the ground. You know, the, one of the producers was like, when he dropped that, I thought it was over. Y'all were done. It was, you know, you could just hang it up. But thank God, you know, he burned his foot, but thank God he stopped it. And I was, we were still worried about, you know, stalling and not getting up to the temperature. And we never really fully got to the temperature that we were wanting, but I guess it was better than everybody else. All right, so one last question here before we get to the first break, uh, and it's hypothetical. We don't really have to worry about it or talk about it because it didn't happen. But hypothetically, just for a second, if the pork would have taken a resting spot on the ground, what would you have done at that point, Deanne? Well, if they would have let me, I would have rinsed that thing off and kept on going. Uh, that's it, huh? I mean, I would have rinsed off the dirt and <laughs> sprinkled it because I would have right. hang it up. Five-second rule, right? <laughs> the part that's on the asphalt, you cut off with the knife and you throw it back in the darn sure. grill, you know? <laughs> Keep going. They don't get no bark pieces. There you go. All right. Well, uh, I had no idea. I mean, I, I've never seen that almost happen to a team on the show before. So uh, considering how close it came to you guys, I figured that would be the, the first question I would have asked. A lot of people ask. thought it was staged, but, you know, that was straight up, you know. It really just, was. Uh, uh, yeah. I use stainless steel pans from now I, I, I haven't used them to the aluminum. Oh, you know, I can't imagine that's uh, just seeing. I mean, I knew that definitely was not staged, considering seeing how it was. All of a sudden, it was there one second, and then all of a sudden, I see you like kind of going down after it, like uh, you know, a crazy dog. But um, there it is. All right, we're talking with uh, Gary and Dion Lanton. You guys, uh, hang back just for a second here. Go ahead and uh, refuel your drinks if you need to. I'm going to quickly talk about uh, barbecuers or like wood pellets, and then we'll get back to the. Pitmasters conversation. Um, I've been cooking on a pellet cooker for, I think, like 10, 11 months now. The first thing I did when I got it was hook up Candy Weaver Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Why? Good question. Widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. That's right. Uh, whether you're on the competition trail like uh, Gary and Dion, or if you're just in the backyard like me, uh, these pellets are widely chosen by many of the pitmasters because of the quality and the consistency. And you can follow them at bbqrsdelight.com. You can also purchase them there as well. Now, maybe you're not as familiar with pellet cookers. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Uh, you buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, you load one-third cup into the pot, and then you place that on your grill or cooker and let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, since pellets have been processed from sawdust, they use pressure, which generates heat, and any contaminants present in the wood are eliminated. And this process produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality. You can mix and match flavors. It's really one of the most easy fuels to use and to be able to experiment as far as flavor profiles are concerned. So do yourself a favor. Grab yourself some Barbecuers Delight wood pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. 
and check out all the flavors that they have and stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks. It's Barbecuers Delight, the choice of competition cooks and backyard warriors just like me. BBQRSDelight.com. Uh, straight away coming back. You can win a Holy Smokes prize pack, a pound of pork and beef injection from Butcher's Barbecue, the premium rub, the bottle of sauce, and some Plowboy sauce as well. Get your fat fingers ready for that. Stick around. We'll be right back. Holy Smokes prize pack, a one pound each of the pork and beef injection from Butcher Barbecue, a 12 ounce premium rub from Butcher Barbecue, a bottle of Butcher Barbecue's uh, sweet competition sauce, which I love, not just because he's a sponsor, and also a bottle of Plowboy Sweet 180 sauce. $50 prize pack, yours for free, as long as you have in the headline or the subject line of your email that you're about to send off. Uh, Gary and Dion Lanton, Barbecue Pitmasters. Got to spell it right or you don't win for your chance to win the Holy Smokes prize pack. Good luck. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Guys, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you don't turn your microphone up. What an idiot. <laughs> Hello. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Did anybody even hear me? Did I? I wow. Can't hear Greg. Oh, great. Wonderful. God, I'm such an idiot. All right. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about how the pan kind of folded in on itself. And you did lose that au jus and, uh, that was in that pan, so you adapt, you drop some apple juice in there, and then you transfer the picnic into the Green Mountain Grill. Uh, Dan, why did you think it was important to get it out of the stumps that it was in originally and get it into a different cooker? We needed it at a higher temperature. We, we didn't have much time left. I think we maybe had like an hour or two tops. I'm not even sure we even had that And the ribs were on, too, at the time. Yeah, so we couldn't bump the temperature up on, on the stumps, so we had to... Luckily, we brought the other smoker. We could, you know, we could buff the temperature up and hopefully get it to the to the temperature we needed internally. So, uh, a, a wonderful benefit of having multiple cookers at a competition, correct? Yes. <laughs> now, uh, the country rib seemed to go off with really out of hitch for you guys. Uh, the other two competitors left theirs whole. You separated the ribs and uh, made some tenderloin medallions. Uh, Gary, do you think in the end that gave you a decided advantage on that particular piece? Well, I don't know, you know, watching the show and hearing what the judges said, I think they would have probably preferred us to give it in a in a in an entire piece the way it was, you know, but at the time we just kind of thought we were we were uh, you know going to outsmart the competition and that's you know the, the decision we made and that's the choice we went with, but you know, I think overall, you know, just the execution, you know, just you know, we had a, a, a juicy loin. We had a very tender, but, you know, not, not over tender rib. So, you know, it's going to be difficult to contend with, you know, two well-cooked pieces of meat. Dion, did you think that separating them out gave you a little bit more of an advantage in the end? Um, no, I originally, I originally thought yes. But, you know, sitting in the pit listening to what the judges had to say, uh, I felt like it initially hurt me because I heard, 
comment like was Aaron or Myron. One of them make a comment about one of the other guys the way they cut it and not how, how it would be traditionally served. It might have been Myron that way his dad had done it. And once I realized that, seeing that we didn't really know anything about country style ribs or how they should be served, I thought it might have hurt us. But, um, you know, I, I guess it was the competition side of us. It's just, you know, how we do things, how we cut. And, you know, we didn't think, I mean, that's just the only thing we really know to do. Gary and Dion Lanton joining me here on the show from Holy Smokes. We're talking about uh, this past weekend's Barbecue Pitmasters, which they won, uh, Georgia Barbecue Champs. It's always hard to tell what these judges are thinking because, you know, and, and I look at it with a very jaded eye uh, anymore because of all these, the editing during the show, but, you know, everyone seemed to really like your picnic, especially Myron. Uh, given the challenges that you had during the cook, obviously with the meat, did it make their review even sweeter? kind of seeing that in the pit take place, Dion? Oh, my gosh. You you wouldn't – I mean, it was ridiculous. I was stressing sitting in that pit so much. Like, I, I felt confident about the country-style ribs, but um, I thought for sure the pork picnic was, was – you know, it was they weren't going to be happy with it. You know, I was nervous about doing a different flavor profile than I'm used to, not really, you know, familiar with what they would expect. You know, I didn't know if they really did their research to know that vinegar was the way to go. So I, I was nervous, of, you know – which way to go. And when, and when it got to Myron, I was like, oh, God. You know, I knew it came down to the pork picnic, what they had to say. When I heard him say that, like, you could see my reaction. I was pretty ecstatic because I knew once they said that, I, I had a pretty good chance of winning that. All right. So, you know, in the end, you win the contest. And as uh, Myron Mixon rips the shirt off the butcher's paper and shows it's holy smokes, um, you know, Gary, what went through your mind as he's announcing you guys as the winner? Well, Right then, I was just, you know, really, really excited, you know, because I, I had no idea what exactly happened, you know, whenever they came back from the pit. So, you know, Dion had been in there, and she had heard all what they had to say, and she was just like, I just don't know, you know, how it's going to turn out. So she kind of left me clueless. And, you know, for all I knew, you know, those the other guys, I didn't get to try their stuff. They may have put together a, a really good cook. So, you know, whenever, you know, they announced us as a winner, I was genuinely really excited. Dion, you have a little bit different perspective because obviously you're seeing them judge your particular blind entries in. I mean, you know what's yours, uh, but they don't know who they're judging. Uh, you see uh, Bear gets left off to the side in third place, and then it's between you and Outlaw. Is it even more kind of intense as you're waiting for the winner to be announced, knowing that it's either you or him? Um, it should have been, but I honestly thought it was going to be between me and Bear. So whenever they called him for third, I, I thought I, I was pretty sure that I had won. Wow. I really thought it was going to be down to be me and him. So once they called him for third, I, I was pretty confident, and I wasn't stressing quite as much as I was prior. All right. So, uh, I mean, I, congratulations to both of you guys for, for winning that episode. That's uh, obviously a great feat, and being on a show that you've watched, it kind of spurred your interest in the competition barbecue. It's nice to be on there and win it, obviously. Uh, so let's do the un unsexy thing here. Let's break down the show from a production standpoint, not necessarily as competitors, because we just did that for the last 10 minutes. Um, you know, out of all the seasons that have aired, and we'll start with Dion here, do you have a, a favorite season? Oh, of course. Season one, without a doubt. I mean, it's what got me hooked. I mean, I I like. I hated season two. Um, obviously, most people did. Season three is better, but I don't think anything will be quite like season one. Gary, same thing for you. Season yeah. one, uh, your your favorite. 
Yeah, as far as, you know, what I've seen, you know, season one format is definitely the one that I like to see, but I can understand the reasons that they that they go to, you know, to the season three slash four type format. All right, so if John Marcus or, you know, one of the original media people or, or whoever is in charge of the whole production deal, Destination America, said, hey, you know, Gary Dion, sit down with us, and we want to know from you, what do you think could make the show better? What would you like to change? What would you tell them, Gary? What could they do to make the show better? Um, have more of them. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people want to go out there and see the other teams. You know, um, it, it, this may have been the first time, you know, that, that a lot of, well, I'm sure it was the first time a lot of people around, you know, saw, uh, you know, had saw Dion and I. And, you know, part of the thing that I like to do with watching the show is I like to see, you know, other teams that are out there, some that you've heard of, some that you haven't. But, you know, it's kind of, just open up to the, you know, one big barbecue family, I guess, you know, what we essentially are. Dion, any so. suggestions on I'm, how to make the show better? I'm sure, you know, we look at it differently than, you know, they're not aiming for us barbecue people competition, really. They use us, but like, you know, they even said to us, you know, they're reaching the other people that don't do competitions, the people that are cooking in their backyards and and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I I still think season one would be if somehow if they could redo it and somehow do a season one, it would be awesome. I'd be all about it. All right. So some of the interactions between the teams seems, and I can only speculate because I'm just a watcher on the television, and that's why I ask you guys because you took part. But the way it's put together, it seems almost like suggested to a degree. You know, was there any direction on you guys? to spark it up or trash talk or anything like that during the downtime? No, from, you know, they, they didn't encourage it, but they didn't discourage it either. You know, they um, liked it. You know, they made it clear they liked it. Yeah. But you know, the, the point where the, the guy outlaw came over with the fake teeth in and all that stuff, that was just that guy acting like a fool. You know, he's just acting <laughs> silly. And, you know, he came over there acting that way, and I looked at Dion, and when he left, I was like, this guy ain't serious about winning this contest. He's over there playing games. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I guess some people just want to do their, their thing and be goofy and, and do that. But, you know, Dion and I went there to the show to win. You know, the only thing I really felt that they ever really prompted us to do was just particular, I guess, um, things that they had to, we had to say for, to make the, show flow the way it did like you know explain your cooker um explain your rubs tell me about this you know they prompted you on information that they needed yep. but besides that any situations were just as they were you know after you got there were you surprised that you weren't up against more uh, you know competitors from georgia versus the restaurant guys that you were up against uh, you know, I, I don't know specifically, and I can get your answer to this, but I have to imagine that you probably would have rather gotten it on against the likes of a Myron Mixon or a Bubba Latimer yeah. than a Baron Outlaw, Gary. Oh, well, definitely. You know, uh, you know, Myron and, and Bubba's are, they're good buddies of ours. You know, we we compete against them week in and week out. You know, and they're de- you know Georgia, in my opinion, the Georgia Florida area. You know, and I may be partial, but they have some of the best barbecue cooks. You know that that there are in in the country. You know, I know the the Iowa boys really did it did it up this year, but you know, just consistently for a long time the Southeast has had strong competitive teams and, you know, 
you know, and I guess that they were just wanting to get more of the regular restaurant people in there. But, you know, you could definitely tell, you know, even watching the show that, that they weren't used to, you know, to competing the way that, that, you know, a regular competitive barbecue team is. Dan, would you have, uh, were you surprised there weren't more competitors like the likes of, uh, you know, a Bubba or, or some of the other Southeastern cooks? Yeah, I was. I don't want to say that I was disappointed because, you know, they're great cooks and, you know, they're, they're great guys, but I, I really was hoping it would be against um, some competition teams because, I, you know, I feel like, you know, other people are like, oh, well, you know, look who they were cooking against. Of course they won. But, you know, they were really good cooks, you know, and I was able to try some of their food and they did a great job, but I would have definitely rather cooked against some people that, in my opinion, I thought I had really good barbecue Gary, that I know personally. Gary and Dion Lanton joining me here on the show. Uh, Dion, in every other season, there has been an overall champion. Uh, so you win the Georgia show, but you'll not get to test yourselves against the winner of all the other regions during the season. Would you have liked to have seen one more final battle against all the other regions to kind of see who comes out on top at that point? Um, yeah, I mean, I... I can't say that – I don't know what they had planned for the next season. You know, we, we even questioned them when we were there about what was coming up. And, you know, they, they wouldn't say, no, there wasn't. They wouldn't say, yes, there was. They, they, they kind of left us hanging. So, for all I know, something is coming up. Maybe not, but it, I would like to. I mean, it'd be fun. I mean, win or lose, I wouldn't care if I came in last. It, it's just the experience of it and meeting the different pe- teams from everywhere. You know, it's – great people are in barbecue, so it's always going to be a win-win no matter what. Gary, would you have liked to have seen uh, one more show this season that pitted all of the winners of the regions against each other to kind of proclaim a final winner? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think that, you know, it'd make a great show to find out what, you know, what region of barbecue reigns supreme, you know. And I personally think, you know, that, that us, you know, in Georgia, you know, we, we've got the best down here. So I would love to compete against, you know, the – the North Carolina guys, Texas, you know, Missouri, just everywhere that they went, you know. So it was kind of a bummer that that they, um, you know, that they are not having a, a ending show. So we're, we're, I'm still hoping they surprise us. <laughs> Gary, how many times you watched? I don't watch know if the... I cook the same though. I don't know. Uh, be honest, you guys. Like, they uh, Dion, you answer first. What's Gary, that? Gary, I said, uh, I'm going to ask you one question. I want you to be honest. Don't lie like I know you want. Uh, Dion, I'm going to ask you first. Gary, you answer second. How many times have you guys watched the show since it's aired? Oh, my God. <laughs> You've played it probably six or seven times to the point that it almost made me mad. I'm like, Gary, I cannot watch this again. If you're putting it on, I'm leaving. <laughs> he, it's been continuous. It's driving me crazy. I can probably fight the whole show for you right now. Everybody. Gary, what's the? Yeah. Is it just the fact that you were on it and you you like watch? I mean, obviously you know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, after you watch it five <laughs> times, let alone twenty, um, is it just one of those things that was fun and you get to see it on television and you're just watching it, or what's the constant drawback for you? Well, yeah, you, you know, part of it is that you know, and and you know, the there's the other part of where where do you go from here? You know, what can you, you know, what kind of you know, earned capital have you, you gotten from something like this, you know? So, you know, there's, there's just other things, you know, that, that we're, we're trying to, you know, play our cards and be strategic about this and see if we can, you know, make something happen with this, you know, who knows, maybe we can get on another show and, 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 and compete for a hundred thousand dollars. You just, you never know. You know, it's, it's definitely not a, a bad thing to be called, you know, a, a pit master of any state. So we're pretty, we're pretty stoked and we just want to, you know, use it to the best, you know, that we can. All right, so 2012 is going to be over in uh, pretty much a week. 
Uh, as you look to 2013, uh, what are your guys' competition plans? How many, or have you started to look at some of the events you want to take place? Do you have a ballpark number of events that you're looking to compete in this year? Yeah, you know, you know, have we, you know, in a perfect world, we'd be out there cooking, you know, 25, 30 events a year. But, yeah. you know, that's just not the, the position that we're in. But, you know, we're, we definitely, you know, we're going to have, you know, 15 to 20 that we're, that we're going to do, you know, that, you know, like the, the National Barbecue Cup. And then, you know, we, we'd like to get another invite out to the American Royal and, and go out there and compete in the Invitational, you know, and, you know, go you out and see. the pig jig this year. Which would be a first yeah. for us. We've never yeah. even done an MBN, but we're 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 going to do it under Operation Barbecue Relief, and we're doing it with another OBR team, which we're not going to announce yet until everything's finalized. But they've agreed, we've agreed, and we plan on doing it together. But it's going to be good. It's going to be the dream team. Sure. Yeah, we're sick of Myron. You know, three years in a row is enough for Myron taking this big pig jig title. So we're going to have to get in there and try to take it from him. Of course, well, we've never done an MBN, but luckily the team you know that we're with has, has done many. Well, that's uh, that's what kind of you know want want to go with the people to kind of know what they're doing as well. So, uh, absolutely good idea. Now you dovetailed into that's this. Uh, Thanks for being on top. Yeah, that's right. Um, now I, I know that both of you guys are, are very active with Operation Barbecue Relief. You just mentioned it a second ago. You know, for those uh, people that maybe aren't as familiar with the organization, if you could tell us a little bit about it and what they look to do. Yeah, you want to uh, do that? That's up your alley, sister. Yeah. Um, Operation Barbecue Relief, um, obviously it started in Joplin. Um, a couple guys, I guess from that area had gotten together and, you know, after the Joplin tornado and wanted to help feed people. And, you know, barbecue teams like us, it's what we're used to. We're used to, you know, setting up for a couple of days, feeding people and breaking down. I mean, that's what we're equipped for. So it's perfect for people like us who love to cook barbecue and, you know, who doesn't like to help others to go, you know, to a natural disaster where there was a hurricane or, you know, a tornado and be able to feed all these displaced people, the first responders, um, you know, anybody like that. And we're able to give them, you know, a nice hot meal, barbecue, something that everybody loves. You know, we tried to get there, you know, right after it happened, you know, to kind of fill the gap between FEMA getting there and right after it happens to help, you know, feed everybody until, you know, somebody can come and take over. But, I mean, it's a great organization, and we're slowly growing, and we're getting a lot of people on board. We still need volunteers. We need people to go onto the website, operationbarbecuerelief.org, and sign up for, you know, as volunteers. Cover as many regions and states as possible because, you know, you never know when a tornado or, or a hurricane or anything is going to happen, and we need to be equipped. And I think we're moving along, and, it's you know, we fed a lot of people, and we're going to feed a lot more. Absolutely. Again, that uh, website, OperationBBQRelief.org. So if you want to check it out, make donations, volunteer, uh, that's the site that you want to go do that at. Gary and Dion Lanton are the pitmasters of Holy Smokes Barbecue Team. Just won this past weekend's Barbecue Pitmasters show, Best in Barbecue, Georgia. Uh, Gary, Dion, thanks so much for all the time tonight. Uh, continued success. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank thanks, Greg. You got it. There they are. Gary and Dion Lanton. Holy Smokes. Holy Smokes. Hopefully you enjoyed that. All right. We're getting ready to wrap. I'm telling you, my software broadcasting needs to fix their Skype issue because it's driving me crazy. You guys can't see it. But it is driving me up the wall right now. They got to fix it. All right. Let's look back all the way back. Oh, wait. Uh, JJK. 
Let me stop here. Sorry. Uh, we were giving away the Holy Smokes prize pack, which had the one pound of pork and beef injection from Butcher Barbecue, the 12-ounce premium rub from Butcher Barbecue, the bottle of sauce from Butcher Barbecue, and the Plowboy Sweet 180 sauce. Uh, whoever JJK is, you won that. Good for you. I'm going to be requesting your uh, mailing address here sooner than later, so stay put. Hold on a second. Uh, and then Alan Frankel. Alan Frankel, you won the meat rakes. There you go. Uh, Don Hopkins won the Draper's prize pack, and Patrick won the Sin Bin Barbecue stuff. Those were our giveaways today. So, thank you. All right. We go back to the first hour, and I want to thank Chad Ward, Shane Draper, and Clint Cantwell. Whiskey Bent Barbecue, Draper's Barbecue, Grilling.com, and Smoke and Eye Barbecue, respectively, their websites for helping me break down the best, the worst, the year that was barbecue and grilling in 2012. Second hour, I want to thank Gary and Dion Lant for breaking down their Pitmasters appearance. Not only talking about the competition side of things, but breaking it down in a production standpoint, things they liked, things they didn't like, all that great stuff. Uh, so thanks to them for uh, taking the time out to do that. Two segments. Uh, if you cook on raw cast iron, folks, uh, reseason it each and every time as it starts to cool down, brush it off, get all the bits off, and then hit a little pan with a crisp let it bake back in. Uh, also, next week's show will be Wednesday. We will not be here New Year's Day. We'll be here on the 2nd with Rod Gray and Famous Dave, uh, Famous Dave Anderson. Uh, you guys be safe. want to wish each and every one of you a happy new year. What a great year of shows lined up for you already in 2013. And uh, we will end the show as we always do. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.